All right, you're back in the DFSR with an NFL podcast broadcasting live from the Vivid Seats Lounge on the Overtime Media Network. I'm Doug Norrie. That is James Davis. And we are coming at you with Week 9 Cash Game Picks, FanDuel, and DraftKings. But i got to say, i got a couple things for you before we start. The first is, last two podcasts, Week 8 Cash Games and Week 8 uh, Game by Game, are most listened to podcasts of the season. How's that feel? Um, wow. We're, we're, we're getting stronger. That feels pretty good. Yeah, we're getting stronger as the season goes on. Some of these other outfits are starting to fade under the pressure of the of the weekly NFL grind. Not us. No, it's the cripple. Well, the, the the funny thing is the NFL is like the least grindy DFS sport to me because there's just yeah you have to be paying attention to it every day, but there's nothing quite like baseball. So this time of year, uh, this is like you know this is the easy piece. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, if they think we're going to slow down, Doug, they're dead wrong. That's so we got that. I have another. I, I, actually, this this came up um, from one of our users in chat. This is just a general trivia question. What year do you think Dan Marino played his last NFL game? This is from, shout out to Cody Sparks, one of our longtime DFS members. We were talking about this. You know, just give, give a random year. Just take a guess. Oh. Like first one that comes out of your head. What what, what year do you think Dan Marino? Nineteen ninety nine. Oh come on, you looked it up. That that, that was I it. God, I didn't look it up. I thought it was, I would have guessed. You, like I, you, you would hear me typing. You know that I can't use my normal keyboard and I have to steal my kid's mechanical gaming keyboard. <laughs> so. Fair enough. I can't believe you guessed right away. I would have guessed so much earlier. We were talking. I was like, I could just picture him like in the 80s in the old uniforms. I just didn't realize like he hung on for when I used to still play fantasy football. Like I like that's just. No, because I can, the reason is I can remember I can remember watching him in high school. Like I have a dis, some distinct memories of because that was like you know Ace Ventura came out. It was like laces out Dan and all that stuff. You know. Oh yeah, but I, I thought like he him. was retired at that point. My, I'm all screwed up. Okay, whatever. This is yeah, I didn't you're know. you're not you're not a huge sports fan. You're not you don't pay super close attention to this stuff. So. I can, yeah, and I, I'm just I'm super into what's happening now, but it's hard for, a little hard for me to remember the things that happened in the past. All right, let's. Yeah, roll. and you you forget that like I actually was a a much bigger sports fan back then than I am now. <laughs> I'm still like obviously a, the duty calls and we obviously pay insane amount of attention to sports, but when all I had was time and nothing to do, I had like encyclopedic knowledge of. Especially football. I do find it hard when you have to concentrate so much on the day-to-day stuff. It is a little hard to remember what happened in previous seasons. I think because you like spend you spend so much brain power like worrying about the day-to-day stuff in a way that we never had before. Anyway, this was not where I thought the podcast was going to go. Let's roll through <laughs> Week Nine cash games on FanDuel and DraftKings. We have an interesting week here uh, for a couple reasons. One, there's four teams on buys. Two, there's a, a London game again. Enjoy Houston and Jacksonville, uh, England. Uh, you're getting still continuing to not get the best. Oh, Deshaun Watson, I guess, is pretty good. That's a pretty um, good. All things considered, you got a real defense. You got Leonard Fournette. You know, you got some star power. Leonard Fournette was just an awesome stat line last week. <laughs> 66 yards on his first run doesn't crest over 100 yards for the game. So like had like 10 more 10 more yards in the next 20 carries. The guy's like unbelievable. <laughs> this guy this is just like just the most inefficient dude. And then he just breaks one of these runs. Anyway, he's not on the main slate either. Um, and we're going to go through some of these positions because I think we have a theme sort of developing with how we're going to end up rolling with some of our cash games. But we'll go position by position. And then obviously tomorrow we'll be back with our game by game breakdown where we roll through every game on the main slate, talk about the betting lines, talk about um, just you know cash game versus GVP, all that other stuff. So come back tomorrow for a little bit more in-depth look but today we'll focus on those 50 50 contests for FanDuel and DraftKings dude I gotta tell you the the quarterback thing seemed pretty easy to me uh right out of the gate uh, Russell Wilson I do you, I I just don't see a reason to play anyone else kind of I hate to lead this off with this you know this science is settled <laughs> on this thing but and there are some cheap guys <laughs> that I think people will go for but the um no Deshaun Watson, no Lamar Jackson on the main slate. Dak is uh, the Dallas. Dak is on the uh, Monday night game. 
Brady's on a Sunday night game, not like you play him anyway. Mahomes, I'm just actually just going through like the top overall scores. Uh, Kyler Murray's playing on Thursday night, and then and then the list gets a lot worse. Wilson, to me, just stands by himself here. Um, am I crazy? Sure. Like he's, he's just in – I hate to – you'll rarely hear us be so definitive about a cash game play just because I think there are often a lot of times there's considerations. I was really trying in the article to make sure people understood, like, for me it's Russ – and then a massive drop off to the next two or three guys that I wrote up. Do you kind of feel the same way he's playing at, at home against Tampa Bay this week? No, I do feel the same way. And I think one of the things, and I actually had a very similar take on the tight ends, which we'll get to in a little bit. Yep. But this week, there's only nine games um, on the main slate, you know, with the London game, primetime games, and buys. So that already restricts the player pool pretty dramatically. And then from there, I mean, you you gave some of the names already. I, I suspect that some people will talk themselves, you know, maybe into a little Aaron Rodgers or, or something like that. Maybe Josh Allen against Washington. Like, it's not like there are, there, he's the only good play, but he's so obviously the best play, in my opinion, that I think it kind of does take care of itself. You know, like, um, and I actually, incidentally, I was also chatting with you about uh, Tampa Bay because I was having some questions about Chris Carson's projections. Yep. but. Tampa Bay this season, they're dead middle of the pack when it comes to overall DVOA. They're 15th in the NFL. But the split between their rush DVOA and their pass DVOA is the actual widest in the entire NFL. So um, they were second best, I think. Yeah, second best against the rush and bottom 10 against the pass. So you have to think that a, a smart coach, smart team like Seattle will recognize this. Like Chris Carson always rates to be somewhat heavily involved, but all signs just point to this being Wilson's show. So, yeah, I think it's a, a great play. You love the total. I just think Wilson's great. The rushing quarterback thing, yeah, all signs point to it being my favorite quarterback play of the week. As yeah, well. like I said, I begrudgingly wrote up the other guys. I did write up Aaron Rodgers. Um, he's kind of come on over the last few weeks. They've been passing a ton. Um, so I think people will see him. I think I think there'll be a case to go uh, some of these cheaper guys, like Derek Carr is coming pretty cheap on DraftKings. Mm. Um, he's got a really high total this week uh, when they play um, they, they play Detroit. That game is a 50-and-a-half over-under. Incidentally, the Seattle game is 52-and-a-half, or excuse me, 52 with a minus six. And like you said, a minus six for Seattle. And like you said, with Wilson – when you're one of these funnel defenses, they they really want to run the ball so much. It's actually the only reason that he isn't just far and away the highest overall fantasy quarterback on the season. It's just because they are so committed to the run that he just doesn't throw as much as his other guys, uh, as the other guys that are around him on the list. He has so many less fewer power passing attempts than anybody else, like in the top 20, and he's the second overall fantasy scoring quarterback this year, mostly because he has 17 touchdowns, one interception, 182 yards on the ground as well. They just ask, don't ask him to do a ton, but when he is asked to do something, he's just about the best in the game at it. So uh, I have no problem go, paying all the way up here. I think there's enough savings elsewhere for Wilson. Um, you know, Like I said, I'm kind of going to go move through for this pretty quickly. I hate to do that. I'm not I, I sort of in the same way the article. I don't want to skip other guys. I just think he, this is such an easy play. I will nod to a couple of the other ones. You know, do you th- well, let, let me say this. Like, well, actually, let me ask you a question about cash games. We love, th- we love him in cash games, and he's easily 100% for us in all lineups. Is this one of those weeks right. when it's so definitive? I guess I'll go a different w- way with the podcast here. It's so definitive on this play. Would you feel like you would want to like put in more than an average buy-in on any – and any percentage that Wilson wasn't going to be owned in cash because our system is so definitive here, or is quarterback just like not the position where you do? Like, we're kind of like this with like Latavius Murray or some of these running back plays at times. Like, is quarterback right. just not that kind of position for you? I guess that's more of my question. No, not really. I mean, it, it can be on a week to week basis. I don't see Wilson 
as that great a play just sight unseen um like you know just looking at him like the way Murray was last week where it's like okay Kamara's out we know what the usage is going to be you just absolutely have to play him and yeah the 17 percent of people that didn't pay him in cash were playing paying the rake basically but in this week like I, I certainly think Wilson's a very good play and I'm happy to have him there pretty definitively but if you just compare his last two weeks to Roger's last two weeks I'm not like being like, ooh, yeah, I'm really like getting away with murder, taking Wilson over Rodgers. You know, Rodgers kind of coming into his own right now. Eight touchdown passes over the last two weeks against Kansas City and Oakland, uh, 734 yards. So I think he would have outscored Wilson with only his yards <laughs> or something like that. You know, like he, he's been very, very, very good and, uh, you know, not a terrifying matchup against the Chargers. And then Wilson, on the other hand, you know, a bad game flat out against Baltimore, 20 of 41 for 241 yards one pat one touchdown one interception and uh just 20 passing attempts against atlanta didn't quite get there on the price either so i i don't look at these two plays and say like oh yeah like wilson's gonna outscore rogers by 10 points and if you don't play him you're a complete idiot i just think i see why our system likes it and i think the case is strong enough that i'd be happy to play him in 100 percent lineups i will say that it's probably only rogers like i don't think i would want to play any of these other guys, but if price dictated, like as the week gone on, um, say the savings wound up mattering more, um, like or, or the, sa- the savings that you could get would help some other position be solidified. I could see a, a path where we would have Rogers as well, but yeah, right now, yeah, Wilson is just the guy. But so, so long story short, no, I don't see him as that clear that if you're not playing him, you just are losing on purpose. Yeah, fair enough. Um, there are a couple other guys that are kind of showing up right now around lineups, like Stafford is sort of there against Oakland. Josh Allen, like you mentioned, against the Redskins, he runs enough. Like his, he's so inefficient with the passing, but the, the, his legs yeah. really kind of just make up so much, so much ground for him. No pun intended. That um, uh, I think you can make a case, I guess, for those guys. Like I said, I did nod to guys like Carr, to Carson Wentz. Also, uh, even Car- Wentz has a bad matchup against Chicago, but those guys are coming pretty cheap on DraftKings, where the pricing difference is 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 uh, just a little. There's there's more of a difference in price from the 7100 on Wilson down to 55 and 57 on Carr and Wentz respectively. But yeah, no, I think I'm all in on Wilson this week. I don't mind it. I th- like you said, I think maybe people will go Rogers. There are a couple other ways to go. Uh, we just seem to evaluate quarterbacks different than the rest of the industry, which I'm fine with. It's just basically worked out for us all season. I don't really have any complaints, and I'm not. We're not going to pivot our our strategies now, uh, just because the results have dictated that we're. I think we're on. We've been on to something for years with this. Honestly, that just uh, it's always striking to me that it just doesn't seem like people end up catching up. I don't know if they just talk themselves into something else. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I think I'm, I'm fine with Wilson. We can move on to some of these other positions where I think the uh, the decisions are going to be a little closer. Before we do that. Wanted to throw out a couple of our sponsors here. Uh, one of the other re- reasons we're able to keep the podcast growing on a week-to-week basis, the sponsors have been great. The first is mybookie.ag. Uh, you use the promo code overtime, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. They're going to double that first deposit up to $100. You have to be a first-time depositor, though, uh, to be able to get in on that action. Um, they are about the best in the business. Their payout structure is great. They're, they, they have tons of props. They have done tons of just kind of like, oh, you know what? Actually, the one I just grabbed, which I and it's already changed. I said this to you before last week. I know this is my bookie thing. I got the Niners as like the seventh or sixth best odds to make to uh, win the NFC and to win the Super Bowl this year. And that instantly changed after this win. When we were talking about it, did that seem crazy to you that they were like fifth or sixth best odds when as an undefeated team that was like the best in DVOA? Didn't this seem nuts to you? I hate that. I know this is... A- yeah, I remember. We were looking at that and I was like, you know, trying to figure out if I could take out a mortgage on my house. Now, I don't recommend actually doing that for 
plus EV, but like not sure thing pens. <laughs> but I, I certainly was uh, was excited to get in on that. It did seem kind of nuts. I and I don't know why beating the Kyle Allen led Panthers so soundly would, you know, solidify those odds in anyone's mind. But here we are. So that's the thing about betting and why you really should stay on top of it. You know, one of my it's actually part of my daily routine, like obviously going in, setting my lineups and so on. But sometimes there's just a lot of edge in just straight betting the games, you know, right away. And sometimes, you know, there are interesting ways to hedge, you know, like you have some DFS guys, but maybe you think the line is a little favorable on the other side. So you can bet both sides and kind of hit a middle. I don't know. There's a lot of really interesting things. So I think a MyBookie account's a great companion to your DFS you know, just your regular DFS routine. And I'm about to cash my Teddy Bridgewater under six wins because thank you, Drew Brees, for coming back a week early before that bye. Power to you, brother, for, for gutting through that injury. So I know. let's not see I was, sw- I was sweating out. We don't need to see friend. another minute of Teddy Bridgewater as far as I'm yeah. concerned. MyBookie.ag, use the promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. Also got to get on the Vivid Seats app, same promo code OVERTIME. Uh, these guys are going to give you up to $100 back on your first seat to seat purchase. So if you're planning on heading to a game, concerts, uh, plays, all that stuff is on Vivid Seats. You know, we're concentrating a little bit more on the games, obviously. But uh, you, you, get that, you get that first-time discount, first of all, up to $100. They're also going to enroll you in the rewards program, where if you keep using the app, you're going to be able to get uh, – you're going to be up for different prizes. You're also going to be up for different special offers the more you use it. And they have about as good a deals as you're going to find – in just in that seat marketplace, which can be pretty scary. Um, trying to get seats for stuff these days can be a little weird. Uh, so, but Vivid Seats mm-hmm. makes it really easy. Lets you see where you are. Uh, lets you see kind of the the price differences of, of different stuff. Vivid Seats. Uh, Adam, my co-host for We Got Nets, was trying to get those uh, Knicks Nets tickets, but he's actually I think he might be going to the Pacers game through Vivid Seats uh, for tomorrow. So, or actually no, tonight uh, for Wednesday's game. So anyway, Vivid Seats use the promo code Overtime. These guys are great, great sponsors of the show with us uh, for another run here. Vivid Seats app, download it, use the promo code OVERTIME, and you're all good to go. All right, let's talk about these running backs. So I'm going to start in a little different order than what you wrote them up in, but Jalen Samuels, James Conner's Mm -hmm. out, and it really looks like Benny Snell is going to be injured as well. He was available in my season long, and I was third in the waiver wire, buddy. I, 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 I my one with Chris Durrell, and he got snatched up right before me. Do we think are, if these two guys are out, is this is it just Snell everywhere, and we're just gonna excuse me Samuel everywhere, and we're just gonna get savings elsewhere? Yeah, I think it's gonna be really hard to get away from him. He seems like a straightforwardly good play. I don't see any, you know, uh, there, there's not a super long case to be made here. We've talked about the Steelers in the past, and their typical dedication to just one running back, uh, given that the only other two running backs are going to miss the game. It's uh, even more likely, I think, that they would go in that direction. And while Samuels hasn't exactly been insane when he's had the role uh, this season, you know, there are some promising signs. You know, like he's definitely going to be used in the passing game. He had that eight-catch game against the Bengals earlier this season. And uh, it's just a price and opportunity mismatch play. And so, you know... You know, we've kind of ranked these guys. It's been an interesting road this season. Um, you know, we've had some absolute gangbusters plays like Latavius Murray. Well, not only last week, but when we had him on much lower ownership the prior week, because I think the kind of the DFS public players, the casual players, are having a tough time making heads or tails of when these plays are actually good and when they're more speculative. Samuels, for me, qualifies in that same sort of Latavius Murray level. And I don't know if it's the same way for you, but. Uh, that it's it's that kind of priority if that's really going to be the situation here so yeah Samuels is the headliner for me Uh, he enables so many other things that you can do with the lineup this week Um, you know understanding that last week 
Uh, we got burned by a guy like Ty Johnson, but, you know, us oh. and 40% of the cash game playing Thank field. God we didn't but do I will, a recap. I just want to say that that is a... Yeah, go ahead. Thank God we didn't do a recap podcast because I would have spent the first 20 minutes just complaining about what the Lions did. Like Ty Johnson, third running back off the bench after Trey Carson and Paul Perkins uh, was – I mean, our lineup's cash, so whatever. But, like, that was almost more than I could handle. The Just because I that's just, like, the very worst situation to be in when you're just like, where is this guy – did he die on the way to the game? Like, what happened? Like, I like it just – I don't know. Anyway, so did, you compare oh, – Wait, did we wind up – did we wind up – hold on. Side, sidetrack. We didn't do a recap podcast, but – like I told you, I never actually clicked the enter button on my uh, final. I never updated the final DraftKings lineup, which is just a classic between me and you as we're scrambling. The DraftKings one got there for us, too? Oh, no, the Michael Thomas one. We, we hedged with Thomas and DeAndre. Uh, gotcha. Hopkins okay, so the hedge lineup got there, right. Because yeah. FanDuel, FanDuel cashed hard, DraftKings, if you if you hedged, you would have hit 50-50. Okay, I just wanted to double-check on that. Because, you know, I'm keeping pretty good track uh, of our cash game record because I like to share that with people. You know, oftentimes people will, rec- will ask. Uh, in case you're wondering, right now it's 11, no, 10, 11, 4, and 1. Yeah, 11, 4, and 1. As I say, I'm keeping good track. Anyways, uh, Samuels ranks far ahead of the Ty Johnson play to me. While that looked like Ty Johnson would be the guy, we hadn't seen Detroit in that situation before. And obviously, it wound up not playing out that way, even though I still think the process was pretty decent there at the time. Uh, Samuels comes with even less risk than that. So, yeah, I think you're going to be seeing Samuels. At probably too low ownership. And you talked about a guy who might make you want to show up for the week uh, just to put in extra money. Samuels, for me, might be that guy this week. All right, after him, we have a lot of these, in a way that we don't have this for the receivers, really, we have a lot of these high-usage guys available on this slate. Um, Really just about, except for Fournette, really every high-usage running back is available here. And some are in really plus matchups. Um, Where do you want Mm -hmm. to go after Jalen Samuels? I know he was not first on your list. I wanted to bring him up really kind of just as a, it sure looks like he's going to be the guy situation. Although, funny enough, he's actually not showing up in our fan, current FanDuel lineup because there are there are just a lot of these other guys that are just really compelling cases, and there's so much savings at wide receiver. Where do you want to go here after? Maybe you don't, maybe we're not even going there after Samuel. Maybe Samuel is not the priority. Maybe you have another guy that you, that you want to prioritize here. No, I think Samuel's is the priority, especially, and I think as you and I really sat down and looked at how these lineups were shaking out, there would be a number of names that we were uncomfortable with that it's trying to go cheap with at wide receiver uh, that we might want to look more closely at no like way buddy i'm, no I'm, I'm gonna make cases for all all these guys so don't worry about i'm that. excited i'm excited to hear your case it's going to be hard to convince me that you're not going to get more safety going like samuels plus seven thousand dollar receiver than you know I, I can name all of them but i'm sure we'll get to that in a second than any of these guys frankly and uh, a seven thousand dollar um than samuels and a seven thousand dollar receiver so yeah the the other guys the payoffs that you're going to get for paying down for Samuels this week. I think the headliner is actually Dalvin Cook. Um, you know, I, I nodded to Christian McCaffrey just to point out that Tennessee, uh, sneaky good run defense this season. And, you know, I, I know sometimes these things take a little bit of time to normalize, and this can be a confusing thing for people. And I, I find football, I don't know if you find this too, but football more than any other sport, teams just have a reputation that seems to last year in, year out, right? Where they're like, yeah. like you would never look at, I don't know, the Astros and be like, oh, it's probably bad pitchers going because it's the Astros, right? And you'd be like, oh, actually, they got these new two guys that are super, super good at pitching. Or you would never look at, um, like in basketball, you know, Kawhi leaves the Raptors. You just know that means that they're going to be worse on defense. In football, I think the defensive players are just like a little bit more anonymous and it's so scheme dependent that I think people have a hard time with this. But anyway, the two top um, DVOA rush defenses this season are Tampa Bay and Tennessee. 
again, what, what average football fan would have been able to pull that out? Right. Uh, I'm not sure. So McCaffrey has the, the second toughest matchup in Tennessee. Chris Carson, another super high usage guy, has Tampa Bay, who has the, the best DVOA against the run this season. So given that, I, I think Dalvin Cook just jumps super high to the head of the leaderboard. Uh, he's really the other of the big three here that has tons of usage so far this season. Last two games, 27 touches against Detroit, 29 touches against Washington. Uh, both of those games, uh, 150 yards or more. So I think he's just clearly the the safest running back that also has a good matchup with Kansas City. And for that reason, I think he's just a crystal clear payoff uh, for cash games on both sides. What's crazy about Cook is Cook is the third highest usage running back in the league this year. That's for total numbers, not per game. Because uh, and he, it's worth noting because he has one fewer, he has one more game than McCaffrey and Zeke and a couple of these other guys. Except that the, the the other part of that is that Madison just also has nine touches per game as his backup. Like the the running backs for the the, the Vikings just touch the ball all the freaking time this year. And so Cook, like the ten the ten touches a game is just a really really kind of good backup number that usually signals that you're in a running back by committee situation. <laughs> um, except that Cook is a clear number one guy, and they have this other guy behind him. So I just thought that was more – I thought it was mostly just interesting about how much Minnesota is running the ball. I think Cook's cl- the clear play here. I think he's going to be the chalk. Um, they're going into Kansas City. I get that. Kansas City is just kind of like um, – it's just not the same team. They're not – they're going to play at the same exact pace, but the defense isn't very good here. I think Cook is n- not a no-brainer, but pretty damn close when it comes to running back. Now, there are a couple other guys. You mentioned uh, the, the question marks around McCaffrey and the question mark around Carson, which I both think are – uh, sound here. Another guy that's showing up in basically 100% of lineups right now is your friend Le'Veon, your friend ex-dealer Le'Veon yeah. Bell at 7,000 <laughs> against Miami. They threw it out there during the week that they were going to try to trade him. I'm not sure if every team just similarly laughed um, about like the thought of trading for that contract after like the Jets were literally the only team that wanted to sign him to that contract during the offseason, bid against themselves, and just signed him to this monster contract, and now they stink. Uh, so they're like, yeah, maybe we'll trade him. And every team's like, what are you, fucking crazy? Like, <laughs> like what? for what? <laughs> you almost cost us our vivid seed slam sponsorship there with your with your language. No, I, little vivid I, language no, for I, 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 I buzzed it out. I, like, I didn't say the word. Um, it's just so crazy. Anyway. Uh, so the case for Le'Veon Bell. Yes, I agree. Le'Veon Bell, the contract is a little bit embarrassing, although it's worth pointing out that the Steelers essentially offered him the same deal. Um, I mostly point that out to spite Le'Veon Bell because he could have just played last season and had the same amount of money and been on a team where he was actually good. So anyways, uh, on to the pick. <laughs> the, the Le'Veon Bell play, we've definitely been wrong on this at certain points this season. And, you know, it, it sure looked in the first two games of the season the bell was going to be involved regardless of the game script. You know, that was kind of the call we made. We did point out that it seemed a little nuts that he would be able to touch the ball 30 times uh, in an obvious loss. And so it didn't actually wind up working out that way. Like most things, he, he did kind of regress back a little bit and has been pretty darn bad the last two or three weeks. Now, the case for playing him, though, is the matchup. You know, going up against Miami in a game where the Jets, you know, again, do you think they're just like in the locker room? Like, guys, we're... We're favorites in the game of football. On the week. road. That's like a big <laughs> on the road. That's like a big responsibility, right, guys? Like <laughs> well, I don't want to let down those people in Vegas that believe in us. <laughs> you know, like that's the way that's the way I kind of picture it. And so uh, the Jets three point favorites here. You have to absolutely think famous last words, Doug, and I've died on this before, but you have to think that Bell has to be involved if that's gonna be the plan. Um, Darnold been pretty ineffective. The Dolphins terrible defense against the run and the pass. One time, right? Like he's seven thousand. We've certainly seen scenarios where 
he's been worth a heck of a lot more than that. Obviously, it was a totally different team, scheme, line, etc. But going up against a team with the second worst uh, rushing DVOA this season, I sort of think it's the time. So at 7,000, I think I would punch the ticket. And I would also understand if that would be somewhat terrifying to our users. The difference in Miami in terms of how bad they are at defense is the sa- the difference between them and the second worst DVOA defense, which is Cincinnati, is the same difference as Cincinnati and seven spots back. Um, like that's, This is how far and away Miami is in just being just absolutely terrible this year. I think people are going to play Bell uh, with... Well, so hold on. So you think that when it comes up on just overall buzz, like Fanshare hasn't put out their projected ownership yet because it's still early in the week, Bell not showing up on the first page in terms of buzz. Good. If you knew we were going to be off chalk on Bell, you, it's good to you. Like if we had him on ten percent, you would feel happy. I think so, right? Like what? Are the, like what's the plan here? I kind of think like, so. I, like I, like they, I think I'm ready to go. I, I, yeah, I just like don't. I'm I was actually just looking him up real quick to make sure I didn't miss something. I like I hate to do that. I, I sort of live on the podcast here because that makes me. Yeah, the last notes are him that they're just trying to trade him. They're just going to play him. Like, what, just run this guy into the ground. Who cares? This team stinks. I, like, this is the time to kind of get him going and give him the ball. I think this is this one's just absolutely no problem for me. Um, yeah, I'm just not – I'm really just not worried about – I'm not worried about playing Bell at all here. So, I think – yeah, I think okay. we're in agreement on Bell. I think we're in agreement on uh, Dalvin Cook and then probably in the end, Jaden Samuel. I will say we'll probably spend some time on the game-by-game game, game game podcast tomorrow talking about some of these other guys because there are some other interesting names, like Nick Chubb. Uh, is just another pretty high usage guy. Yep. They're still a week away from getting Kareem Hunt back. Um, you know, Marlon Mack looks like he's going to be a favorite. So there are some other kind of guys here, but I think that my guess is this is we're recording this Wednesday morning. My guess is when it, we land at one o'clock on Sunday, we're going to see cash games for our lineups of something like of just Cook, uh, Samuel, assuming that Benny Snell isn't there, and we get some maybe just a little more clear news on the injury stuff, and then uh, and and then Levy and Bell too, and we'll call it a day which will make you feel a little bit better because the wide receiver situation is real grisly this week. And, and now I pride ourselves. I pride us. I'm, t- I'm, I'm bestowing pride upon you in this situation also as being uh, as we're in this together, that we write up cash game articles with the idea that at least on Wednesday, if nothing else were to change, you can mm-hmm. make a lineup full of the picks that we gave you, right? Like we're never yes. going to give you here are the four most expensive running backs. Here are the four most expensive wide receivers. Uh, here are the you know all, all these things, and then just good luck putting them all together. Uh, I always hated outfits that do that. I think it's disingenuous and intellectually dishonest. Um, and so maybe we give up the farm a little too much with this free stuff because you know, these articles are free. And I would say, I don't know, seventy percent of the guys we write up just actually end up in our cash game lineups. So this is why you saw. I don't know if you if, if you looked at it. The the names and some of these wide receivers look bad, but. They kind of have to look bad when we just all talked about Russell Wilson as kind of a lock for us. Dalvin Cook, who's the second most expensive running back. Le'Veon Bell is not necessarily cheap either. And then Samuels is a little cheaper. You can at least understand why we're seeing some lower tier names, correct? And I'm going to get to the wide receiver. Like, does that make sense? When No, I can certainly understand it. But that's what, kind of what I was saying. Even in the Wilson thing, who's currently now showing up as a lock, like, you know, cobbling together a little bit of savings to get away from truly unsafe wide receiver plays is something I'm generally speaking interested in. I don't know if it's going to work out perfectly that way this week like you know it's just early in the week and I think some of these names are respectable at the very least but I could certainly see a scenario where we're looking at those lineups come Sunday and saying like but we could kind of play Aaron Rodgers right if it meant we didn't have to play 
Do you want to name one of your guys to get started? Terry McLaren? Um, well, hold on. No, I well, I'm going to go. No, well, let me, let me just give you one one issue that, that comes up this week. And it is that a lot of the very good, very safe wide receivers are just not playing this week. Okay. On the main slate. So this is sure. this is problem number one. Michael Thomas is on a bye. Cooper Cup on a bye. Tyler Boyd on a bye. And they're about to change quarterbacks out of Andy Dalton. Um DeAndre Hopkins, we said he's not on the main slate. These are the, I'm just going down the list of top targeted guys. Sure. So the, right off the bat, the first the first four most targeted wide receivers in the NFL are not on this main slate. We get the Keenan Allen. Um, he was a game time decision and then ended up getting double digit targets last week. So thanks a lot, uh, Chargers. Called it, yeah. by the way. Uh, Julian. Well, <laughs> but then if you but then if you keep going that. down the list, so that's him. Then yeah. Julian Edelman not on the main slate. Julio Jones not on the main slate. And then we get down to the Mike Evans and Chris Goblin territory, which. That could be a scary cash game proposition playing these kind of guys in cash, right? Because they're they're, it's sort of if they kind of just do a your your week my week kind of thing over the course of the season, um, in terms of what and their fantasy. And then you, and then to say nothing too, like some of these other names that we've played in the past, uh, both Kenny Galladay and Tyler Lockett up a thousand dollars. Right now, those week. guys are expensive, <laughs> so, and like and Kenny Galladay, yeah. that you were in a sweating it out situation. We had Galladay in cash last week, and through the first oh, like right. quarter and a half, it might even been the first half that was looking. He was on the. And like yeah, he was on the flat zero after the first quarter, which I was not pleased. Exactly. About. <laughs> so I guess my point is the, <laughs> the, the ultra safe guys that I would call like Thomas Cup, Hopkins, and Edelman. That's the group that I consider to be very, very safe in terms of their targets. Just aren't playing. So sure. this is one reason you're seeing these names. Yeah. Fair. Um, and so that's why I'll just roll through the list of guys. I'll give a very quick case because we're going to end up going long with this podcast. We kind of talked about some other stuff here, but. Um, and these, these, this, is all, this whole article is up on DailyFantasySportsRankings.com, DFSR.com for short. Uh, these guys that I cho- that I put on the list here, I think all of the inputs for them are correct. The guys in this list are John Brown, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin. Um, I did nod to Godwin because if there was one of these expensive guys I actually to play, I actually would play Godwin. Terrible matchup going into Seattle though, and Jameis has been a disaster at times with his efficiency. Mm-hmm. So you really worry about this. Each of these guys, while not robust target guys, I do feel like each of them are underpriced for underpriced for the actual targets they get, right? Like DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel have actually seen their targets go up a little yeah. bit as we've seen a game plan switch away from McCaffrey's usage a little bit. over. The, or maybe as teams just try to figure out, like they're trying to take the McCaffrey thing away. These guys have seen, at times, yeah. double-digit targets. Um, McLaurin, he's very cheap on FanDuel. He's like third in the league in air yards, um, and he's actually played in some weird weeks with like weather and stuff that like that you can kind of knock off some of the weird weeks for him like the game against uh, San Francisco was in pouring rain against a terrible uh, and against a very good defense so if you don't look at that game um, he is averaging like 7.5 targets per game which is acceptable at 5700 and he has big field downfield uh, stuff so this is kind of the list that I ended up throwing out there John Brown the same way like John Brown's actually has a decent amount of targets for a $6,000 on FanDuel receiver something like seven targets a game has actually turned it into a lot of yards. I think he's among the most uh, yards per reception for uh, guys with like more than 40 targets. Does that make sense with this list? I, I'm, I'm not going to go through each guy individually. This was the theme of the list. Well, so I think it, I think it would make sense to throw out our own kind of tier lists among those guys because I'm I'm with you. Like, you know, actually on the DJ Moore and John Brown are my two favorite in that group. Guys that do fall into that category, you know, kind of similar to some of the other names we've discussed in previous weeks, but fall into the category of, okay, a little too cheap for the production, good matchup. John Brown especially going up against Washington. Wouldn't mind seeing him uh, showing up in cash games. Uh, caught five balls or more, which isn't a lot, but it's a lot if you are very cheap and uh, you're a pretty solid yards guy in your own right. Uh, but five balls or more in all but one game this season, 
I, I think the floor there is probably just like significantly higher um, than some of these other guys. I think DJ Moore, you said, he's coming into his own right too. Super cheap at 5,400 uh, going up against that Tennessee team. And as we've talked about, Tennessee's plan is already to take away the run, right? right? So I think that matchup uh, grabbing more. I think I prefer him to Samuel uh, just because more averaging nine targets in the last three weeks. And uh, we saw what he did against Tampa Bay. Like you called him a funnel defense. I think that's appropriate. Uh, Ten targets, seven catches, 73 yards. Not lighting the world on fire, but at 5,400, he's kind of lighting the world on fire. Yeah. This <laughs> is what like I mean. Like, this is the theme. This is the theme. This is how, this is how you get Wilson and, like, these running backs that we would consider to be pretty safe, right? Because, like, uh, that, that's it. Like, I know these aren't the – these aren't. The I don't want to play McLaren. I guess he, he's the main guy I don't want to play. Uh, that, that's where I was heading with that. That I think as you're looking at all those plays, um, McLaren averaging out the whole season, you do him favors by essentially have more heavily weighting those first three games of the season – uh, when he had his nine-target game and his eight-target game against Chicago and Dallas. Um, I think, by and large, he's a seven, six-and-a-half target a game guy, which I think is less than those other guys. And, you know, while we don't want to be too heavily sample size based in the NFL, I think looking at the previous weeks, you do you do have to weight them more heavily. And so, obviously, we can throw out the San Francisco game um, just on the weather basis, but you know, just six targets, four catches, 39 yards against Minnesota, that would be the worst game of any of the guys that we're discussing so far. So if I had to pick them in some order, I think I would go, you know, more in Brown at 1A, uh, then maybe McLaren, and then I think Samuel, I, I like the least of that group, but I, I could see you doing it. Yeah, I will say about Redskins are bad. I get this. Uh, Redskins have also had an absolutely brutal run of defenses outside of the Miami game where he put up four for 102 touchdowns. Like Minnesota's a top 10 defense. San Francisco's a top two defense. New England's a top one defense. Chicago's a top five defense. Uh, and that's like the last five weeks, right? So like he's, uh, the Redskins aren't good. So I'm not really making that case for it. I guess I'm saying that he has had, uh, you can maybe wait those first couple weeks as the reality because then he went on a run of just having to play the very best defenses in the game. So uh, I, I get not wanting to play him. Um, I, I, I don't mind it because the price is such that I think there's actually upside on it. And he, if, he wasn't in the, if he wasn't in the cash game lineup, I really wouldn't care. Let's finish this thing off really. So, yeah, right. And I think he, the thing is, too, among that group, probably the worst quarterback of any of those receivers yes. and the worst matchup by far of any of those receivers going up against Buffalo, uh, fourth best team in terms of uh, non-adjusted pass DVOA this season. So, yeah, I'm... That that's I just think I think the whole case comes together where he winds up being the odd man out because the only thing I want to avoid there is I don't want to just throw out six guys at fifty seven hundred like that's the same thing as throwing out six guys at nine thousand where it's like okay cool you you know I I can't play all these guys right <laughs> I have to pick them so I just wanted to give a quick tier list there that's all Very little through a little cold water on my trying to do every do right by everybody but I get you it's okay I was trying to be a nice guy with these no picks. what are you talking about I'm just trying to I'll clarify your your great your great offerings you brought to the table Doug. Um, just, you know, it's, I don't know if you remember the old BASF commercials, Doug, from the nineties, but, uh, BS, BASF doesn't make the things that you have at home, but they make them better. It's the same thing with you. You bring the things to the table, you make them, and then I make them better. That's give me your two stupid tight ends that nobody cares about. And then we can get out of here. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) That was actually a pretty good analogy. All right. So, um, my two stupid tight ends, (laughs) they are pretty stupid. I will, I will give you that. Um, let's start with the tight ends that are on buys this week because, um, like you talked about, a wide receiver. The major story is that there are essentially no playable tight ends even reporting this week. Uh, so you have Evan Ingram, Austin Hooper, George Kittle, and Tyler Eifert. Just not on the main slate, I guess yep. is a better way to put that. Uh, none of those guys playing on the main slate. Uh, those are 
four of the top six target guys from last week and just four names that you can actually turn to for reliable targets over the course of the whole season. So that's a little bit troubling because uh, tight end already by far, by far in the worst state it's ever been, right? I, mean, I don't know. Last year was I'm, pretty I'm sure damn, said that. Last year was pretty bad with these. Type. Last year you had Kittle and Kelsey. I mean, I'm saying like, and you had to pay up for it, and it, it wasn't. It was difficult for us because we were hesitant to do that. Um, it wound up being correct again, even though we didn't do it. Uh, so it was challenging. But I'm, I'm just talking in terms of strictly raw fantasy production. No tight end had ten targets last week. Zero. Like that's crazy. Um, that being said, I do think there are a couple of playable options here. Um, your buddy Johnu Smith. Oh man, I wanted so bad to play to... him in cash. We had him in our cash game I know lineup. You did. Yeah, I know. and I, but I talked myself out. And of I it. talked you out of it, and that that was my call. Um, I think we did wind up. Essentially, it came down to this being the first week where Walker was fully out, yeah. and Johnu taking the first team reps with, uh, yeah, just with the first team and coming out and really producing. I mean, you know, I was extremely skeptical. I generally hate plays like that where you haven't seen it yet. And you're just assuming a guy is going to step in. I mean, think of the Luke Wilsons of the world, right? Like, there's just been a lot of bad plays like this. Um, Johnny Smith wasn't one of them. He came out there, seven targets, uh, caught six balls for 78 yards and a touch. And with Walker likely sideline again this week, it's really hard to imagine Smith not being the high, most highly owned tight end. He was already 11% owned last week uh, as people tried to pay down at a bad position. So I think that number almost has to go up. 3,800 on DraftKings, Doug. That's a joke. So, uh, Huge ownership on DraftKings, likely very high ownership on FanDuel as well. And um, and I think the only other guy you can even really consider is Darren Waller. Uh, Darren Waller is the other guy in that group of the Ingram, Hooper, Kittle gang. And he's solid. Um, seven or more targets in all but one game this season. Three touchdowns in the last two weeks. Uh, he's the Raiders' primary scoring threat besides Josh Jacobs. So I think he's still a good play. I'm not convinced that tight end is where you want to spend up this week. And, and unfortunately, he is a spend up now. Like... Can you imagine a scenario where we go from a $3,800 Jonu Smith to a $6,300 Darren Waller on DraftKings? Like, that seems insane. But um, but I do want to throw him out there because we don't want to only write up one guy per position. So that's that's kind of why he made the cut as well. But it's Jonu week, baby. A week late. That's how we like to do it. <laughs> yeah, just pick the guys who were good last week and play them in cash this week. That's the plan. Yeah, that's right. it. That's it. DFS in a nutshell. You should read our ebook, dfsr.com slash ebook, where I tell you things like that. <laughs> just <laughs> see who hit two home runs yesterday and play them today. dfsr.com uh, slash deals <laughs> is going to get you started. We've had a bunch of new signups over the last couple of weeks, and people were sticking around. Like our, yeah. um, we're just, it's, been, it's been a good time to be in the DFS world, man. I, I, I got to say, my... Uh, I feel buoyed because we just we, our basketball season started excellent. The football season's been great. It's just been it's been a very very yeah. good fall for the DFSR crew. Uh, feeling very good about it. You can get in on it too. DFSR.com/deals will get you started. That's going to cover you for football and basketball and hockey as well. It's all covered under one subscription package. You're, you're not going to find a better deal. I know we always say that every week. It's just true. There's just no better deal out there. Like that's why people sometimes Go think that sometimes people are skeptical of, of, of the deal because it's so good. But just it's just one of those things. It just is that good. And it's just the best deal in the business. So DFSR.com slash deals. We'll get you started. We'll be back tomorrow with a game-by-game breakdown for FanDuel and DraftKings. You can also head on over to the basketball podcast. I'll put that uh, that link as well so you can subscribe to that because uh, we'll be doing that for the Wednesday and Friday main slates uh, for hoops. So go check that out as well. Buddy, talk to you tomorrow when we do game-by-game. Game. Let's get it.